Alright, we are back to podcast. Hope everyone's doing well. You've had a good week uh, and a good day in the Lord. The last words of David and um, I, uh, last last days of David. I, I love David. I could preach I could preach about David in his life for, for weeks, months. I have before. And um, appreciate I, I preached through his life um, just in going through first and second Samuel, but then then in this the studies on the Psalms that I've done in the ministry, uh, always it's got to include David. David penned the Psalms, two thirds of them anyway. And um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed preaching about David. But anyway, we're going to Paul, back to Paul tonight. In Galatians 3, I love the book of Galatians. Galatians is probably my favorite, uh, along with Philippians, my favorite epistle. Galatians and Philippians are my two favorite epistles. And um, just because they both, Galatians just teaches us of the liberty that we have in Christ and really what full salvation really is about. And in Philippians, uh, Paul maintains and teaches us how to have the joy of the Lord in the most difficult times in life. He was in prison, and the entire book is on joy. But we're going to look in Galatians 3 this evening. And as we do, uh, Paul ratchets his, his case up just a bit. He has been speaking and writing about the grace of God and what has happened uh, in the Galatian church. And if you need refresher on that, what has occurred, it was Paul established that church through preaching and teaching and getting these folks saved. After he left, um, some, some folks come in, what he would call the Judaizers, and they attempted to put rules on salvation. And they had tried to attach um, uh, circumcision to salvation, Jewish law to salvation. And Paul is not happy about that. And so he's wrote this letter to the Galatian people. And he starts out chapter 3 by calling them foolish. Not only has he started out by calling them foolish... Uh, he uses a phrase, bewitched. He says, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you? Um, so he, he starts out pretty strong in this chapter, and there's times when a preacher has to be that way. I, I know that in, in today's society, and it's been like that for some time, but probably more prominent now than ever, <clears throat> it's not always popular for a preacher to preach that way um, but it's still Bible it's still Bible and if you're going to be a Bible preacher you're, you're going to have to preach that way at times I challenge you if uh, you know I hear pre- pre- preachers and people always talking about being positive being positive being positive preach positive preach that's fine I, that's my preference I like that better we all like that better I want you to go out to your car or your truck and I want you to take, go to the battery because the battery is the power source. It's what makes it go. And you unhook the negative cable and see how far you get with just positive. 
you've got to have the balance. You got to, you got to. So he starts out here in chapter three, verse one, and he says, oh foolish Galatians, he calls them foolish. Who hath bewitched you? He speaks of them being bewitched. He, in other words, this is something that's going on of the devil. The division, the false teaching, the false doctrine, and that's something else in modern church that we don't look at. We don't look at things that are contrary to the word of God as we ought to. They're of the devil. It's plain and clear. If it's not of God, it's of the devil. But we don't want to say that because they're our friends or they're people we know or they're people we've known all our lives or, or what have you. They're of the devil, if it's not of God. O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you, that ye should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you. Evidently set forth. Jesus was clearly and openly set forth as the truth by the word, by God himself, by the spirit of God, by his own life and testimony, and by his crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension. This only, what I learn of you, received of the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith, are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? Okay. The term perfect here, being perfected, it's it, here's the here's the reality. The term perfected means to come in completion, in maturity, in fullness, and fulfillment. Well, what these Judaizers are teaching, and in, in, in what a lot of modern-day preachers and churches teach, it, it's been going on for years, years. Independent Baptists are notorious for it. Some Church of God... When I was little, it was a lot of Church of God. Not as much now. They're notorious for it. It's it's this belief that you get saved, but then you grow and mature and get perfected after salvation. Okay? Folks, that is completely contrary to what the Bible is teaching here in Galatians. Look, are you so foolish? He said that's foolish teaching. Having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect? That means complete, mature, full by the flesh. You can't become more of what you are. When you got saved, you got completely saved. And your flesh, whatever takes place in it, is not going to be made perfected by anything you do or don't do. It can't be. So plain, so plain. Verse 4, Have ye suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? He therefore that ministereth to you the Spirit and worketh miracles among you, doth he do it? Doth he yet by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? So you see what's going on here. Paul is teaching us that it's by faith. It's not by the works of the law. Anything that occurs in our lives spiritually is by faith and faith of the Son of God, not by the works of the law. Even at, look, 
Now, here's the thing. People, he, he, Paul goes right to the heart of the problem. This is a great verse. Great verse. Because they, folks point to Abraham and say, look, look at what Abraham did. Abraham was circumcised. Abraham was the father of the law. He was the, he was the, the establisher. Moses was the deliverer and the completer of it. But Abraham began to establish the tithe and the law and the circumcision and, uh, and, and so forth, okay? Now watch this. Watch this. Verse number six. Even as Abraham. How was Abraham saved? Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Because he believed God, it was put on his account that he was righteous. That's what that means. He believed God and it was put to his account that he was righteous. That takes away all the acts of the flesh that he did. Now, the acts of the flesh that he did prove that he believed God, but none of them made him righteous. He did them because he was righteous. You see the difference? Abraham, the father of it all, believed God. And because he believed God, it was put to his account that he was righteous. That's just as plain as his nose on your face. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith the same are the children of Abraham. So there's nothing contrary here. There's nothing contrary in the Old Testament versus the New Testament. Abraham is the epitome of Old Testament teaching, doctrine, belief. And he's saying, it's saying here plain. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith the same are the children of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. So even before Abraham, God was preaching the gospel of faith. Verse 9, So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham, for as many as are of the works of the law or under the curse, for it is written, Cursed is every one that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. This is coming from a man that said concerning the law he was blameless. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident, for the just shall live by faith. It's faith. It's all faith, folks. Nothing you do, no works of righteousness, no tithe, no Sunday school attendance, no church membership, no being a part of a board or a program, not running the church, not, nothing. No gift you bring to the church, not preaching, not teaching, no gift, no singing, no gift that you bring to the church saves you. Nothing. You cannot do or equate anything. It's by faith, plus nothing, minus nothing, or it's nothing at all. The just shall live by faith. And the law, verse 12, is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. So Christ was made a curse 
for us. For it is written, Cursed is every one that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Brethren, I speak after the manner of men, though it be but a man's covenant. Yet if it be confirmed, no man disannulleth or, or addeth thereto. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made, he saith not. And two seeds is as of many, but as of one, and to, to thy seed, which is Christ. And this I say, that the covenant that was confirmed before of God in Christ the law, which was 430 years after, just I love that, that's a specific number, cannot disannul, that it should be, should make the promise of none effect. For if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more of promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. Therefore then serveth, wherefore then serveth the law, it was added, because of transgressions, till the seed should come to whom the promise was made, and it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. Now a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbids. So now Paul's defending the law. He's saying the law is not against God. It's not against the promises of God. For if there had been law, a law given which would have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. But the scripture hath concluded all under sin. Do you see that? All. Everyone that's ever been born were born under sin. That the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. So we're born under sin. We're born under curse. We're born basically under the curse of the law, the curse of sin. Okay? But life comes through Jesus Christ. Given, look, look at the end of verse 22, to them that believe. That's, that's it. It's simple. It's beautiful. It's given to those that believe, not those that continue to follow the law. Not to those that fulfill the law. Not to those that continue to make the, the law a, a saving part of their life. None of that, folks. It's given to those that believe. It's so simple. The gospel is so simple. Now watch. Verse number 23. But before faith came, we were kept under the law. So before faith ever, ever came, we were kept under the law. Shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. So law was a schoolmaster. Law, ladies and gentlemen, do you remember your teachers in school? What they did, they would guide you. They would teach you, they would instruct you, they would guide you. That's what the law is doing. It is our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ, to bring us to faith. The law teaches us that we need Christ. Um, in the time, let me explain this schoolmaster phrase just a little bit. In the time, verse 24, in the time of Paul, educated slaves 
what they would do is they would they would look after young children, especially when going through the streets to and from school. It was the duty of the schoolmasters to teach the children what was right and wrong for them to do and for them to keep in the right paths. When the children were grown up, they no longer had the schoolmasters to obey, but they answered to their father. So the Christian is not under the schoolmaster, but we're under the Father of God. So that explains what the schoolmaster is. All right, schoolmaster teaches us right and wrong, but when we, when we come under the authority of our Father, we no longer we are, we already know what's right and wrong. You see that? So the laws brought us to Christ, who is our Father, who is our brother. Verse twenty-five. But after that, faith has come. We are no longer under a schoolmaster, for ye are all the children of God. Look, by faith in Christ Jesus, if you are a child of God. Now, let me, let me stop there and preach a minute. Have you ever heard a phrase, he called me everything but a child of God? Or have you ever heard some liberal preacher espouse that we're all children of God? We're all children of God. We're not. Everybody's not a child of God. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Those that have faith in and by Christ Jesus are children of God. And you can be a Jew, you can be a Muslim, you can be a Roman Catholic, you can be a Lutheran, you can be a Baptist, you can be a Methodist, you can be anything in this world you want to be. But if you're trying to get to God and be a child of God, under any other guise than through your faith in Jesus Christ, in Jesus Christ alone, you are not a child of God. That is according to verse 25 of Galatians 3. But after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. Verse 26, verse 26, For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many as you have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. If you've been baptized into him, you've put him on. There is neither Jew nor Greek. So at that point, you might have been a Jew, got saved under the faith of Jesus Christ. And if that's the case, you're no longer in him. You're not a Jew. You're not Greek. There's neither bond nor free. There's neither male nor female for you. You're all one in Christ Jesus. That's beautiful. That is so beautiful. You know, uh, this this critical race theory that has that's I guess going wildly popular in, in schools um, has has kind of been teaching that uh, the most important thing about you is your race. That's out of the pits of hell, folks. Out of the pits of hell. The most important thing about us is who in and who and what we are in Christ Jesus not our race that right there that verse look at that verse 20, or even your gender there is neither Jew nor Greek neither is there bond nor free neither is there male nor female for ye are all one in Christ Jesus 
in Christ Jesus, we're all one. We're not Jew, we're not Greek, we're not male, we're not female, we're not black, we're not white, we're not Asian, we're not, we're not Hispanic. In Christ, we're one. In Christ, we're one. That's beautiful, folks. We're not Baptist, we're not Church of God, we're not... In Christ, we are one. God, that's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. That's the message the world needs to hear. That's the message this world needs. In Christ, we're all one. He fixes all of these problems, all of these external issues. He fixes them. And if he be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So guess what? The Jew would say, oh, we're of Abraham. The, the Muslim, oh, we're, we're of Abraham. You know what? If you're in Christ, you immediately go into the line of Abraham. That's beautiful. Got the same father. Same father. Word of God is a beautiful, beautiful gift to mankind. I love it. I appreciate it. It speaks of the grace of God. And Paul's trying to tell us in Galatians just what we have in this salvation, what God has given us in this salvation, how beautiful it is, how free it is, how free from work and labor and effort that it is, how you don't have to merit the grace of God, that God's grace is through faith and faith alone. That's, that's what it's teaching us. That's why I love the book of Galatians. It's the most beautiful book in illustrating to you and I what the grace of God is really all about. All right. I hope you've uh, enjoyed the podcast. It will be in-person Bible study on Wednesday night. In-person Bible study on Wednesday night. And I look forward to it. I hope you have a great day. Uh, in Jesus, good week, and I will see you Wednesday night at 6.45. Wednesday night at 6.45. I'm just going to set it at 6.45 and uh, give every, that gives everybody a little time to get there. Wednesday night, 6.45, in-person Bible study. All right, I hope you have a great evening, and uh, I love each one of you. Good night, and God bless.